hometown can't win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Eight holes months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the post, it is 15, lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. It's coming again. That's Dex. He lands and wins. Deep ball. Oh, what a resource. Flight line. Four for four. He's flawless. And he's freakishly fast. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office Review podcast. That was Flightline winning comfortably in his return at Belmont. Over the weekend, it was flagged up in the punter's preamble that he was the best horse racing over the weekend, and he confirmed that in his return, Adam. Yeah, best horse going in, best horse coming out, and he did look freakishly fast there. And for the first time, we got to see him challenged, if you like. So it's the first time we've seen um, – I think the rating will be really similar to what he's been to what he's been producing, but um, – well, I say what he's been producing, what he produced to win the Malibu, which was 133. Um It'll be about that again. So he's beaten three Group One winners by thirteen, eighteen, and twenty pounds, and they're all rated around one hundred and twenty. There's a Breeders' Cup winner in there, a Gold Cup winner. There's um, yeah, there's some form there. I saw the Bayer figure was one hundred and twelve. He ran a Bayer figure of one hundred and eighteen, which was the best of twenty twenty one. That was at his third start, so not quite as fast. But I think that was the setup of the race. And as I said, we got to see him. Um, it's something to do. I think the jockey said that as well. It was nice to see him turn in with with something to do and, and he did it really, really well. Thrashed Speaker's Corner and one of only four horses this year. I just looked that up, the Bayer figures there, four horses this year to break 110 on that score. Speaker's Corner, 114, who was behind him, was one of them and, and the best so far. Life is good winning the Pegasus, ran to 110 and winning the Shaker Town was Golden Powell on turf. Nature Strip's nemesis on night one at Royal Ascot. Can't wait for that. You've got the two horses now. Obviously, Flight Line's a dirt monster. Bayeed's a turf monster. Who do you have in your Rafa head? versus Roger. Yeah. Who have you got as the best? Do you like the French Open? Do you like Roland Garros or do you like Wimbledon? Wimbledon. Dirt or turf? Yeah. I'd, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hopefully, by I mean, Bayeed, it, it should just be a complete walkover tonight. He's um He's got five ratings that are better than the, the next best horse. So, um. And, and none of the ones behind him have a, a profile that says we're about to go and, and do something special and and jump up into his array. So, he, you know, the Queen Anne will be um, – it will be one and run by his own making. If he turns up, they're in big trouble and it'll be a matter of margins. And the exciting thing for us is that we get to see, you know, two races apart, we get to – it's a speed figure off by Eid versus Nature Strip. Well, I hope Nature Strip. Mm. Um, or Golden Power, but I'm hoping Nature Strip fronts up tonight and um, – yeah, we'll get a look at them uh, on the clock against standards, which um, is probably only exciting for a uh, very niche set of nerds, but I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped for those times. Well, it's a nice introduction from Tab. You know, they usually run the multiplier. So they're giving you 16% multiplier on Nature Strip tonight. What does that mean? Well, you throw in by Eid and you get 16%. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gets not beat, Nature Chip wins. You're beauty. Yeah, great. I hope Real World runs a, a good second. He was the one. Remember, I was, he's yeah. Cox Playdoors. Yeah. Now that Saeed 
has remembered. He briefly forgot that, the, that he doesn't go on dirt and went back there. But he's remembered again. No, 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 no. He's turf horse. Um, and a really, really good one, just not that good. But um, I don't know whether he's even considering it, but he feels like a um, he's the right sort of type, I would think. And we've seen Saeed, obviously, in Melbourne quite a bit. So um, hopefully he gets bashed by Baeed and, and wants to get the hell out of there. Get out of Dodge and come down here and, and run at the Moonee Valley. Well, he can run in the Cox Plane, he can run the Champion Stakes, he can run in the Mile. <laughs> He's got options, that's for sure. Plenty of options. Looking at the weekend, the biggest flop, we focused on Eagle Farm, Stadbroke Day. Let's give him their sunshine. So on a day when Kiss Sun was the only favourite to win, the worst of these had to be 11-11. He copped a bit of interference, but nothing too bad. But he's, he's run an absolute stinker. Yeah, well, it's not him, is it? He's run... He's run dead last. Nothing Stewart's report. He copped interference at the seven hundred. That's all. We're um. That's all. And threw the toys out of the cot. No, well, I mean, that is the biggest. That is the biggest flop. Mm. At that card, actually, not many. I know it's only one favourite one, but not many key market players or key ratings horses didn't run near enough to their to their numbers. It was pretty solid, pretty solid across the the card. I think it was a good form day, good race day, good form day, and and. I think most of that form should um, – as you know, I get nervous around Eagle Farm. I think sometimes that form sort of is a bit funky. Mm. The margins there, the spread of margins there can be weird. And it was in the Atkins, but I think that might be to do with pace, the horse as well, pace and ordinary horses perhaps. But um, no, I think this was a day where the, the form to me looks um, pretty solid. And uh, yeah, look, 11-11 was the, the flop, but Alligator Blood was the story. Mm. I think a good Stradbroke winner in Alligator Blood. Yeah, I think if you looked at the result just on the bear form, the first four horses, I would say, best horses in the race, and they've strung out from the rest. The race for Queensland too, when you mm. when you put it like that. Perhaps they were the best four horses in the race. You've got an Epsom winner and three locals. Yeah. So that's um, good on them. Do they get Alligator Blood? Is he still a local? Yeah, I mean, has he ever been out of Queensland? I mean, Gay's got him, but... Did he ever leave? Well, he's going to be he's going to be leaving soon. Mm. So I reckon, ignore the big cups because they're sort of a little bit different. The Caulfield mm. Melbourne Cup, best we've come to the end of it now. Best big handicap winners, big glamour Group One handicap winners of the season. Alligator Blood, as I said, forget incentivising, very elegant, different world. The Caulfield Melbourne Cup, that's not that's not in the Stradbroke Newmarket sort of world. Short of a mile, yeah, and our big mile caps, yeah. You know, those good races that they're removing from yeah. the calendar. Let's make them all wait for age. <laughs> um, I've got my ratings, the uh, twat ratings. Twat ratings. Uh, I've got Alligator Blood as the best big cap winner of the season, tied with one other. It's on to you. Pressure's on. Who is he tied with? You should get this. I should get this. No, you should get this. It's not Mr. Brightside. It is not Mr. Brightside. It's not Rockin' Horse. It's not Rockin' Horse. Oh, you've got sprints in there as well. Yeah, big caps. Yeah. The Stradbroke is a sprint. Thunderstruck. No, he won them in the bottom of the weights. Thunderstruck won the Turak, but no, no, I'm a little bit behind. Well, I've got Thunderstruck 118, Mr. Brightside 119, and that worked out in the Turak translated to Doncaster. That's fine. I'm racking my brain. Who won the Epsom? He ran second to Alligator Blood on the weekend, so put in his place. So the, the Stradbroke's better than the Epsom. Better than the Epsom. So it's a sprint. This is disappointing. Oakley Plate? Oakley Plate is next. Marabi, 120. That's not second. 
That's not so, no. Well, I'm tied first with alligator oh, blood. The two first. big cap winners of the year. And it's not the new market. It's not the Oakley Plate. It's not the Rupert Clark. It's not the two rack. None of that. None no. of that. Oh, is it the Cantala? No, <laughs> no, no. It's it's not that. And good. not the Epsom. It's, and not you've missed it. You've missed Don it. I can't Caster. believe it. And it's probably now making for oh, tedious, no. tedious podcasting. Oh. So I've got to. Uh, it's the bloody railway. It's the railway, Western Empire. That's poor from me. It is. I'm very disappointed in you. I totally forgot how good a winner he was of it. A very good one. So, yeah, both Alligator Blood and Western Empire, the two, Brisbane and Perth, the two best Group 1 handicap winners of the season. How good. In my opinion. Where's Western Empire? Is he now with Danny? I believe so. I think he's in Melbourne, probably being set for the Wait for Age Champions Mile. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's built for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, good race. Good horse for it. It'd also be built for it if it was a handicap, but yeah. Oh, we just need to give the horses their chances. Well, if they're good enough, they can win the handicap. It makes no sense to me. I tell you what, have to respect Joe Pride. He gets private eye right that often. He was so bullish in the lead up to the Stradbroke and on form, yeah, okay, so so. And then he just comes out a bit unlucky. Probably could have finished a little bit closer, if not one, but mm. he just gets him. He is I such think, a good grand I final trainer. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's a specifically private eye thing. I think Joe Pride is just lethal, isn't he? Oh, he's so good. And then Gay, to do that with Alligator Blood, he was lost. He was gone. And then ran a screamer. It's funny that we talked about it on the preview show, the Kingsford Smith Cup and the BRC Sprint. They're pretty much the same race if you just go on raw times. But then you look at the form come out of it. Alligator Blood's gone enormous. The best, the next best is Emerald Kingdom running 12th. And then second, third, fourth were all through the Kingsford Smith Cup. So once again, the wait for age form. While Alligator Blood won, that is the pick of the form. Mm. Emerald Kingdom paid for laying up close to what was a really strong speed as well, which is part of the reason why I think it's a good bit of form. And the, the two, three, four best horses all, all drew clear because it was a, um, a proper Stradbroke. Good yeah. pace, good pace, good time, good form. Yeah, Rothfire's back. Good winner. Yeah, he he was. Um, he was awesome. I thought he was terrific. He did pay. His form rating will actually dip a little bit, but that's he's paid mm. late on there, and, and he's blessed with plenty of speed to go back to twelve hundred meters somewhere. I would suggest. I tell you what, Robert Heathcote has a really good record around Mooney Valley. I say that because he just took buffering there a bunch, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a lot of lot of money up for the Manicato now, which is a it was probably by a thread anyway in its glory days, but it's a group two, three. Mm. Um, they like to get it nice and firm the night before the Cox Plate. Rothfire squealing around the valley with all the Everest horses. Not there. Not there. There's your race. But it's great to see him back because it looked like that might be a wasted talent. But now it looks like he's um, he's the horse that... Ratings-wise, not, but I, I think he's done enough in two starts, really, to say that he's he's a thing again. He's the horse that we, you know, that's what he was destined to do. Injury hasn't completely ruined his career, which is nice. I think leading into this, Heathcote would have been hopeful that he could get him back. And now, looking at the spring, he's looking forward to it. So, that sort of is a summary of how he's come back. Hmm. So, he went a little bit too fast. Now... Let's move on to some jockey awards. Taylor Pendrith, back to the Q22. Speaking of pretend group. Oh, this isn't even group one, is it? This is... um, Just a lot of money. Just a lot of money. But um, non-competitive pace, non-competitive race, 
and non-competitive Nash. Yeah, well, don't get me started on Nash from Saturday. Not well, a good like, day. Well, Not a good probably day. Probably make for good podcasting if I did get you started. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good day for Nash. Well, let's... Um, what was he doing on Maximal? This is, I mean, he's not alone. There's a couple of uh, other candidates here. But he's the, because of the way he finished off, best 4-2 of the race and, and the show, this is a disaster. He should have, um, he should have troubled the winner. Maximal, I don't think you have to, um, you don't have to be too creative with the numbers to say he was um, denied his fair chance of getting involved in that very, very valuable finish to a Q22 that um, probably shows you can throw money at races, but I, I think Patton also has something to do with it. The the standard in two years hasn't. I know Zaki won it last year, but he was way below his best, beating Holmesman and Paths of Glory in Brandenburg. And apart from him going and doing better things, that form didn't really work out. And the standard of the race from its PJ O'Shea days hasn't changed. Early days, maybe that'll change in the future, but... Um, this is a glorified Group 3, won by a Group 3 horse in Numerian. Yeah, can't Disputes? Add, no, can't add much more to that. No. And Maximal probably, he, sh- he should have gone very close if not won it, I would say. On the positive, the Colin Morikawa. Shout out to Clinton Payne, I'm sure you're listening. He'll be very happy to hear who wins the Colin Morikawa Award this week. Luke Tarrant in the last. Palasapan, Luke Tarrant. He's absolutely – I tell you what, he was um, – oh, we can talk about that after. He was optimistic in the uh, in the Atkins on Cocoa Brew Express. Goodness, he thought he had more horse <laughs> under him than he did there. <laughs> um, but terrific ride on Palasapan to, to win the last there, not just because of where he was positioned, staying inside and, and getting some geometric advantage anyway for, for that, but the, the pace here is – the pace ratio is incredibly good. So um, – a 96-rated filly going in is able to beat a handful of 105-rated fillies and run 105 herself. Um, I think, basically, she wins this because of the ride. Other than that, she's just in the heap with the rest of them. So um, she couldn't possibly go a yard better than this. No. I wouldn't have thought, but what do they care? She just won a good, valuable yeah. Dane Ripper, and um, I suppose she'll head off to the tiara. Have to. Have to. Who was the best mare in the Stradbroke? I tell you who did run right up to her best. Isotope or Startantes? Um, yeah, both of those. But Isotope was a little bit below her best. Startantes at her best. Brooklyn Hustle was the one I was thinking. Oh, don't talk yeah. me into Brooklyn Hustle. Well, Give I thought the break. interesting thing about Brooklyn Hustle is that she was so well ridden. And the, I just found it interesting because uh, when you look at the shape of that race and how she was ridden, she was ridden to the same position as always. But because they went so fast, she had to go fast really just to be in that position. And she actually ran her race evenly and showed that, you know, you could just ride her like that despite how fast the other horses are going. And then, you know, maybe... A, I mean, she ran to 110 and she runs to that number remarkably consistently. Um, and she should have won more races, but tactics, eh? Yeah. I shouldn't be completely unfair, but it's a bit of her own doing. But she she showed on Saturday she can absolutely run to her form going racing evenly, running as fast early as she does late. She can do that. She doesn't have to be... Yeah. But we just want to see her finish off. Now, we're changing up the podcast a little bit this week. We won't bother with Around the Grounds. I can hear everyone groaning. It's okay. <laughs> and what we'll do, we've got a few shout-outs on Twitter for Adam to go through Royal Ascot. And obviously, we don't have three hours, so we won't go through the whole week. But 
Adam's going to take us. I didn't us. know I was doing this by request. I've only rushed through this. <laughs> oh, this was a request. So what Adam's done, he's gone through and highlighted the best horse on each day at Royal Ascot this week. Yeah, yeah. So the best, the highest rated horse that'll be be racing. Obviously, we don't have form for, we don't have final fields for the last three days. And the last two days we'll talk about on the Friday yep. podcast. Uh, even Thursday, we do our... We've got so much to cover. Punter's preamble, but the best horse, the highest rated horse. I've written about it, so I don't need to wax on. But by is the highest rated horse tonight. And I think he's sort of racing, he's racing the clock. He's racing nature strip and the clock for mine. Anyway, I think that might only be going on in my head, but it's happening. And I, I suppose after Saturday, he's also racing flight line for best horse in the world honours, if you like. Um, so that'll be, whilst it's not really a, a betting heat, you get to get a chance, put the crumpets on, cup of tea on and settle in and um, watch a premium thoroughbred strutty stuff before getting into the punt. It's not a bad way to start the meeting, actually. Mm. Uh, day two, the highest rated horse is Bay Bridge, who we spoke about. He was the highest rated horse mm. a couple of weeks ago coming out, wasn't he, out of yep. the, the Brigadier Gerard, And we, we looked at, you know, Sir Michael Stout's last eight Brigadier Gerard runners have produced five winners. They're all over 120 and blah, blah, blah. Well, he goes to the Prince of Wales. He's got a, the Japanese derby winner, Sharia. The Japanophiles will be out in force mm. to tell you that he can stuff this thing. Gail already has. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They love it. Um, I'm Japan's biggest fan, but it's uh, it's getting a bit dogmatic. It's going Hong Kong. Mm. Uh, Baybridge is rated higher than him, and his win in the Brigadier Gerard was um, the real deal. And so Michael Stout doesn't – Prince of Wales, we talk about the Brigadier Gerard. Prince of Wales is another one of his races. He's won it twice with only eight runners in the last decade, um, and five of those have run 122 or better in this race. So, so Michael doesn't muck around. When he goes to these races, he's um, he's not just running them for the sake of having a runner. So I saw those black figures around about I, – I assume Baybridge would be one of these hot pot shorties. I mean, short enough. I think he was 260 or something like that or two – yeah, that seemed um, – You had it shorter? Yeah, I, I thought he was – maybe I was the only one getting way overexcited about the Sandown win. Most people were probably correctly keeping a lid on it, but not me. Day three, the, the highlight is the Gold Cup. And it's our old mate Stradivarius. So you're trying to get him beat again? Well, look, he's he has to. This is the who's the highest rated horse on on every day. I suppose it's him. <laughs> you're not happy about it? No, I've he's been enemy number one for me for a long time. Um, but si- he's run eleven times since he won his third Gold Cup, which was that was I must admit, even me throwing rotten tomatoes over the fence. That was some win. Yeah. Um, that was real hundred and thirty. Stayers stuff, but he's only won five from 11 since and been no higher than 121 since, which was actually beating Spanish Mission. So we know we've seen that here. Spanish Mission was a good stayer then until Moody trained the wheels off. <laughs> um, so I suppose if we're very kind, we can still treat Stradivarius as the 130 tank that that won that third gold cup, but he's lost a gold cup since. And as I said, he's um, been really consistent, but that consistency tells me that he's just slowed down. He's run, I think it was his last. Through 21, 22, he's run seven times now, all of them between 118 and 21. So he's so consistent that I think he's just trying his guts out and that's how good he is. Trusham won't run because I think the ground will be too firm, but he's better than him. But he, he just needs his conditions. Or does he need his conditions? The trainer certainly thinks he does. So um, you probably won't see him. So Aiden brings across Kiprios. 
Aiden used to farm this race. This was his race. I mean, he's had Yates was obviously his big superstar and then he ran Fame and Glory and Leading Light and Order St. George. Order St. George, yeah. yeah. It was sort of Aiden's race and, and the last three or four, maybe even four or five years, it's um hasn't had as many runners and the ones he's had have um dropped out the back of the telly. Slow. Yaks. Coming to Lloyd Williams soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, a couple actually have. Uh, but he runs Kiprios this time, who's run 119, 120 in two wins from as many starts this year. Um, so that's right in the current Stradivarius's wheelhouse. So that's a, it's a good clash between the um, coming up to 120 Kiprios and coming down to 120 Stradivarius. Old or new? What do you like? Ooh. Ooh. I, th- I think you, you back the better price would be how I would look at it. Yeah, I'd, interesting. Can you drag a market up? You did have a market there, I think. Yep. So Kiprios is favourite. With yeah, her. well, okay. Yeah. I wonder, um, is there enough sentimental money out there for old Stradivarius? Maybe swinging around the ring there, throwing the bat around. <laughs> Trushan's still in that market. Maybe he will run Trushan. I hope he does because he's a great stayer. And I'd, I'd like to back him on a good track at prices that are completely out of whack with his form, but... Maybe maybe they're right. Maybe he won't show up on a good good mm. track. But I'd love to back him to try. Let's find out. Yeah, I'd love. That's a good bet to have because you've got. I'd rather have form on my side than ground concerns. Uh, Friday night ground concerns seem to the fore again in the betting. Homeless songs. Who was our not running? Is she not running? That's what Matt Chapman said. Liar. I mean, as an Aussie, we've all heard <laughs> Australian punters. Dermot World is talking about the ground. What happens next? They win. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, that to me sounds like she's fast. That to me sounds like fun and games. Again, I'd, she's um, she's big prices now and, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that there's a, a query over homeless songs running, but my goodness, she um, she absolutely hosed up. We've seen that form from the Irish Thousand Guineas already work out pretty well. Tuesday won the Oaks. Concert Hall ran quite well in the Oaks and the sixth-place filly of Haggis's went and won the Sandringham in at Longchamp. So that form is – and they were distanced by her and she was cartwheeling away at the finish and she's fast and fabulous and she's not favoured in those early markets against Inspiral, who will be making her seasonal bow. And you know, she was terrific as a two-year-old. She thrashed the thousand guineas, Quinella, in the Phillies mile, so it all looks terrific form. But um, Homeless Songs has run faster and more recently. Mm. So, you know, sure, Insp- Inspiral could be um, – could come back just as well. Concert little line through concert hall. If you're if you're into drawing lines, homeless songs gave her a bigger clubbing at the Curra. So yeah, I'd, I'd rather back the here and now. And again, I'd rather bet against concerns about the going, especially when Dermot runs her because he's probably just foxing because that's what he does. Yeah, and she's a she was one of the original black bookers. Yeah, yeah, she was because she ran remarkably fast first up. You know, the alarm bells were there. I mean, she had the profile. He ran her in the Group 1, the Moyglare, last year at a second start. She was favourite, wasn't off she? Off a maiden, yeah. And um, look, it all probably came a little bit too soon for her there. But there's alarm bells. This might <laughs> this might go a bit. And then fast return and even faster in the Guineas. I thought that was outstanding last time. So if they're going to seriously bet 5 dollars or $6 or something just because it might be too firm, come on. Get on. And then Saturday, we'll have a better idea about who's running Saturday come Saturday or at least come Friday, but Hurricane Lane is down to run in the Hardwick. 
Hardwick looks... Um, I think a few trainers have probably put their tail between their legs after seeing Baybridge win the Brigadier Gerard and have ducked that. I think only five run in the Prince of Wales, which is a, a low turnout. No Aiden. One, I found one, one in the last decade or so where Aiden hasn't had a horse in the Prince of Wales, where he always runs his best horse. And it seems to me to be a little bit of a um, pointer to his whole week. Seems light on, AOB. I'm sure there are plenty of other stables that are happy to hear that. Um, but yeah, the, the Hardwick looks stacked and deep. There's 15, 16 in there, but Hurricane Lane is arc placed and runs for Charlie Appleby, 125. I saw Mostadaf, who got thrashed by Baybridge last time, but it won really well fresh. I think we might have mentioned him mm. on this podcast, is um is there to try a mile and a half as well. And I think that'll suit him potentially. And I, I wouldn't give up on him on, on one slightly flat run behind what I think is the real deal in Baybridge. So he would be interesting in, in a um, hard week that might be really interesting. And of course, home affairs. What's your view on him? I don't know. Mm. I got a few days to to mull over that one, but ratings wise, bang bang, cool more, lightning, mm. they win it or go awfully close. Mm. It's interesting because the lightning to me was fake, Don't but he still ran that fast. I was okay. Explain yourself because Nature Ship should have won and won comfortably, but that doesn't mean Home Affairs wouldn't have run. The time he did, yeah. I know. He, yeah. run, he runs and Nature Strip just finishes a little bit further ahead of him, but he still runs the same race. Yeah. And you would say second to Nature Strip. Well, that's good form for this. It is. What happened in the new market? You just... Oh, he went... He got murdered. Blown up. Yeah. Taylor Pendrith nominee, James McDonald. And I tell you what, he gave Laurels of Indices a bit of work to do. <laughs> if... That's not a good run. <laughs> that's not a good ride to get on the plane on the back of Laws of Indices. If he goes out like that on Nature Strip tonight, he's not getting up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> he just tags the yank, doesn't he? It's like perfect for him. Yeah, I mean Ortiz is a great rider as well, riding Golden Power. As I said, Golden Power, one of just four horses this year to run a hundred and ten Bayer figure in the States. He's real. He's a good fast horse. And Ortiz, yeah, terrific jockey. His life is good jockey as well. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch them go about it because he won't go with that horse from a standing start. But he's seen Eduardo a few times. He's had a good look at that. But Eduardo has brought him unstuck a few times as well. Not in a grand final, though. I can't remember that off the top of my head. I tell you what, he made him feel towards the end of that Everest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mars Crusader was closing him down the big pussy gap. <laughs> Luckily, it's a 1,000 yeah. tonight. Don't, don't go bring – yeah, that's true. Don't go bring in that form. He's not going to... Yeah. Sorry, Nature Strip won't back up though, will he? He's still... They've left him in. Mm. I mean, just looking at his profile, like the quick backup for him is horrendous. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, that was the... It's so funny because Waller has transformed in, in the sense of his profile. He's a very fast horse, but there are little sort of flags. So early doors, Nature Strip was a fresh monster and then you couldn't back him up within 28 days. Every time he did, he always would regress. And then since Waller's had him, fourth up has been the main time we see Nature Strip at his peak. So when Waller has him in the grand final and generally kept him fresh going into that, I think he's seven from nine. His only blimps are when he had that hay fever prep when he just wasn't right. Yeah. But away from that, he's been virtually untouchable. So it is interesting because this is different to what he's been doing. He's going to have to do it fresh. But that used to be what he was good at. So, I don't know. It's very interesting how he goes on tonight. I think he'll just win. Yeah, I think that all sounds like massive overfitting to me. He's just a fast horse and when he gets in the right, when he gets in his zone, he's 
he runs to a level that beats 99.9% of racehorses. Let's hope tonight that's the case.